I get to speak today because Pastor Josh asked me to uh, continue in uh, Daniel. And so we're going to be looking at chapters 9 and 10 today in the book of Daniel. And so uh, to study the book of Daniel, the first thing I want to look at is uh, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. <laughs> let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. And so that's, that's the important part of, of any part of the Word of God. The Bible says that these things are written so that you may believe. And the book of Daniel has got so much great, great stuff in it. And uh, when you believe, uh, there's just a power of, of, of changing situations in your life. And so today we're going to be looking at the power of prayer. Let's go ahead and put the title up. There we go. It took a little while to get it on the wall from Babylon. Um, the power of prayer and how to do it according to Daniel. And so we're going to be looking at that. And um, in other words, it's trusting God's timing. Ooh, don't you just hate that? <laughs> timing. Uh, God, I want it and I want it now. Uh, God, I'm, 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 I'm in your presence. And God, I will wait for it forever if you wish. But just do it right now. And um, so today we're going to be looking at that. Now, uh, Pastor Josh sent you home last week with a homework assignment. The homework assignment was to pray three times a day, every day. I know that you all did it. I know that you did. I'm not going to ask if you did or didn't, because I know that you all did. And some of you, some of you will say, Pastor, my life is a prayer. <laughs> And uh, mine is, oh, God. <laughs> um, but, uh, but he asked you to pray three times. And he says, and I ask everybody to do it again. Do it again. So Pastor Josh would say, just, you know, just purposely, purposely. You know, yes, I mean, no, we, we are in prayer. We, we pray constantly without ceasing. But, but purposely, just, you know, like with Daniel, to stop and, and three times a day just say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on prayer about this situation right now. He also did something last week that uh, we're going to do it again today. And he had us all stand and he had us face Jerusalem. Uh, there's nothing special about facing Jerusalem. It's not like your prayers get to God any quicker or faster. It's just a change of position. It's just, a, it's just an approach of doing something in just a little bit different way. And so we're, in a couple of seconds, we're going to stand. We're all going to face Jerusalem. And, 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 and I'm going to ask you to, to pray. I'm going to ask you to pray one of the prayers, the types of prayers that Daniel prayed. When he prayed, most of the time in his written prayers, what he was praying for was he was praying for his nation. He was praying for his city. He was praying that, that, that God would, would call the people back. He was... He was confessing the sins, not just his sins, but the, the sins of the people that had took them into captivity. And so we're going we're gonna to stand, and, and, and we're going to face Jerusalem. Now, there's something interesting. I looked, I looked on, the, looked on the, the Google Maps, and um, Los Angeles, uh, for, you know, for, la- for latitude, um, um, uh, I mean, uh, if you, it's about, about 34 degrees latitude. About 34 degrees. Jerusalem is about 32 degrees latitude. 
So we're not too far off latitude-wise. So if you want to aim your prayer, you can adjust it two degrees if you want, you know. Um, but I'm going to, let, let's stand. And uh, let's, let, if Daniel was here today, I believe he would pray for our nation. So I'm going to ask you just to, I'm going to pray first, and then if, if a few of you, if you just have a, a, short, uh, a short prayer to pray for, for, for our nation that God would forgive our nation of its sins and, and, and draw us as a nation back to him, draw this city back to him. And the Father in heaven, we know that there is nothing really special in facing any certain direction. But God, just as an attitude, God, we want to, to, to face you. God, we know that you are omnipresent, that you are everywhere at the same time. But God, we want to face that city that bears your name. We want to do what Daniel did. And God, we ask you to forgive our nation of its sins. God, we ask you to, to draw our nation back to you. God, I pray that you would continue to give our president wisdom, give him knowledge, God, we know that, that like every one of us, he has his faults. He has his failures. He has his missteps. He has his sins. But you have put him there. And so, God, we want to, to pray. As your word told us, to pray for those in authority over us. God, draw this nation to you. Send a great and mighty revival to this nation. We ask these things, Lord. Father, as Daniel prayed, he confessed his sins. He said, I've sinned, forgive me. Our people have sinned, forgive us. God, I've sinned. Your churches around this nation and around the world, God, we've sinned. We've missed the mark. God, we pray that you would forgive us of our sins. And God, because of your great mercy, draw us back to you and be glorified. And we ask in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You know, um, 
as Pastor Josh is, you know, is out today, he, he asked me to just remind you of a couple, these couple of things. And it was an honor to do it. And everybody was saying, you know, once in a while people say, after, after Josh does a really great message, which is most of the time, really. Really, really, really. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I... I uh, you know, they're really most of his messages. Honestly, honestly, I'm not saying it's because he's my son, but they are. They are world class messages. They really are. Amen. They really, honestly, are. And um, you said, "Well, what, what's? I mean, you must be so proud of him." You know, I said, yeah, we, "I am. We we really we really are. We're very honored to have a son that does that." So, what was it like raising him? I said, well, we spanked him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Obviously not enough. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, just to say the least, he was fun to raise. He really was. But uh, you know, he's um, he's a great kid. He's a great. He's an honor. He's an honor to us, and we are so honored to have him uh, continue in the ministry this way that he is. But uh, you know, today. As we are starting this message on, on, on Daniel and how Daniel prayed and the power of prayer, uh, the importance of, of grasping prayer and, and knowing how to pray and praying with confidence and, and not giving up and learning how, to, how, how prayer offers hope. And, and we need to stay in that hope. You know, you know, Pastor Pastor John leads us in this this song. It's one of mine, one of mine and Janice's favorite songs because uh, um, it's it's based on the Word of God. But there's also a book by that title. But but get your hopes up, get your hopes up. That's that's what Christianity is all about. It's about getting your hopes up and trusting God to do great godly things in in your life. One of the books that formed my life is when I first started off in the ministry. Was, was a book by Jack Hayford, and it was entitled, it is entitled, if you don't have it, you should go get it. You should not even eat again ever until you get this book. Um, but uh, the title of the book is Prayers Invading the Impossible. If you have that attitude about prayer, you're going to have a lot of confidence in your prayers. Well, if God wills it, it's going to happen. That's the most irritating phrase to me. You know, when people say that, I just want, oh, you know, you know, if God wants this, it's going to happen. That's not really true. That's not true at all. God's will is not always done. And it's up to us to, to, to enter into spiritual warfare and to fight for God's will to be done. Again, just the, the classical passage that is that, you know, it's God's will that all men come to repentance. Guess what, folks? People are going to hell. That's not God's will. That's not God's plan. And so the importance of prayer is to, to change and, and to change the world around us and to, to get involved in, in, in making things happen and seeing it happen in a very special way. And so today, as, as we look at, at, at your life and your life of prayer, uh, at, at the church's life of prayer, um, in, involved with people's lives who maybe maybe you've messed up your life and it's time to begin again. You need a, you need a new beginning of realizing that, that God is just standing there at the starting line waiting to fire the pistol so you can begin again, so you can start for this, this new, new type of a race in life. 
Maybe there's some old habits in your life that you just can't break those things. And, and God wants to be there to, to, to let that creative side of God create new habits in your life. And that desire to become an overcomer of those things that always brings in defeat and hopelessness in your life. Maybe you're in a place where you're about to give up on your dreams. And it's just like, I just can't make it anymore. Uh, I'm, I've had it. I've, I, I, I'm going to quit. And realizing that God is there with, a, with his power and the power of the Holy Spirit to, to make something special happen in your life. Maybe there's been some things happen in your life and you just don't believe in prayer anymore. Oh, what's the use of praying? It, it doesn't make any difference. I've tried it before and I've never seen anything really happen. But being, being infused by, by the spirit of this God of the impossible. The God that started it all off with when, when Gabriel comes to, to Mary and he says, you're going to have a baby. And she says, can't be. I'm a virgin. So I tell you, you're going to have a baby. And she says, well, with God, all things are possible. And so I want to talk today about these impossible situations and learning how to wait, learning how to, to wait, to wait for it, wait, 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 and to see God break through and bring his miraculous events about in your life. Now, for Janice and I, this is our year of Jubilee. We have been married on August the 3rd for 50 years. And... and if you, we've got some of these little, we want to invite all of you to our party on, on the August the 4th. Uh, it's going to be at our house, uh, and we have room for all of you. Uh, there's a, but we need for you to RSVP down here. There's a thing that uh, Janice set up, a little email for you to RSVP to. Um, and there's a picture of, yes, that is, that is me in there. Uh, somebody, somebody's looking at it and says, okay, why'd she marry you? <laughs> Money? <laughs> that wasn't it. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's, it would be an honor to have you join us. But uh, and we would really like to have you come and celebrate with us. It's going to be a we're going to have a dinner together, and um, we're going to have entertainment. Our niece, who is a, uh, we'll we'll know next week for sure. But but, but this far along, it, it's a shoe. It's a shoe. She's going to be, she'll be on The Voice next season. And, um, and uh, she's, she's great. She's going to be the entertainment that night. She's going to have a lot of fun. It's just a party. Come and celebrate with us. But I'm saying that to say 50 years of marriage, but also it's been 50 years of ministry together. You know, uh, we just, we started off and, we were, you know, we, we like these two right here. <laughs> You know, just start, you know, just do it right. Just, you know, hit it and hit the ground running. And, and, and we did. We hit the ground running. And we have learned the, the importance of prayer. It's one of the things that, that has marked our, our marriage is, is our prayer life together. Uh, very few days go by that we don't start the day off in prayer together. We have learned to take the time to start praying together. We pray about things. We, we, we talk about things together. Um, uh, and we, we ask God to, to lead and to guide and to save us from our bad mistakes. Um, we haven't always done it well. 
but we've learned the absolute necessity of waiting for your moment with God. God's got a moment for you when, when, when his will is going to take place. If you stay there and if you wait, if you wait long enough. And knowing that sometimes when, when the time is up, it's time for action and it's time to move. So how do you know the difference between knowing when to move and when not to move? In the earlier history of this church, at one time we had uh, we'd been in a building, and we was a rental building, and we, we, we just felt like it was time, God's time to leave that building. And we were meeting in, uh, in hotels and uh, just, it was just crazy, just bouncing around. And there was another building we were gonna we were gonna rent. We're just getting ready to rent this building. Just the lease was prepared, ready to sign, and you know we didn't feel peace about it. It wasn't the time wasn't right. We just didn't feel peace, and, and especially I'm gonna be be very honest and upfront about it. Janice didn't feel peace about it. I was ready to act. I was ready to move. Just, I, I don't feel peace about it. One of the key passages about making decisions in life is that the peace of God rule. If you don't feel peace about something, don't go charging in, folks. <laughs> it's not going to hurt you to wait until you have peace. Er, again, early on in, in, my, in my ministry years, you know, before at the very beginning of the Jesus People movement, I went to a to a small gathering out in a. It was for some reason I don't know why, but it was in a, it was in a horse rink, and there was this young guy in the middle of this thing standing there, and he was talking about the power of prayer and learning how to to wait, but the importance of letting the peace of God rule. You know, and and um, this young man, his name was Pat Robertson. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> You know, couldn't draw a very big crowd at all, but he, he, he was just, there was just a few of us there to hear Pat Robertson talking about letting the peace of God rule. The peace of God ruling, being that defining factor in your life. So because where God is, there's going to be peace. God is not the author of confusion. He's not the God of charge in and get it done right now. Now, when it comes time to act, God will give you the confidence to move in boldly. But, but we felt like, no, we didn't feel peace about, about signing that contract. My wife, in her wisdom, said, uh, let's, let's don't do that, let's don't do that. Uh, about a week later, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. Some of you may know him, and you may not know him. His name is Kevin Byther. His father was uh, the a pastor of a church that was meeting in this building. It was called New Life Community Church. Not There's other New Life around. has nothing to do with the other ones that are around. And Kevin called me and said, you know, his, his father had left the church and he'd gone through some other pastors. And he said, you know, Larry, um, I really feel like you need to do something here. Um, we, weren't re, we weren't really like in contact. He lived in Temecula at the time. And he called me and he says, uh, a friend of mine's on the board there in the church. The, the, the building's in foreclosure. Uh, and keep in mind that I had been a part of the founding of this church and had left to go start another church. It was doing, it was one that was doing well and looking for a building. He calls me and he says, I think that God would have you to check this one out. 
And so, you know, we, we came here, and it was just a perfect fit. It was just a perfect fit. Let's see, it was God's timing. I could have charged in, signed a contract that either, A, I couldn't have gotten out of, or it would have cost several hundred thousands of dollars to get out of it. But God's timing and learning, when, when you don't feel peace about something, back off. Back off. Well, what happens if, if, if I'm just afraid to act? What happens if I'm afraid to act? You'll learn. You serve a God who is, who is merciful. He's not looking for ways to, to, to destroy you. He's looking for ways to bless you. We've given him all the reasons he needs to destroy us. <laughs> he's already got that big list. All he's looking for is just someone that says, Lord, would you lead me? And so this necessity of the element of, of praying effectively and, and waiting and know when God's timing comes around. And this is one of the things that, that Daniel could do and he knew how to do and he, he waited on, on, on God. And so as Janice and I are spending this, this 50 years of ministry, I, I want to just quickly share something with you. I, I really felt impressed to, 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 to say this, but... In this 50 years, the, the year of Jubilee is the year of cancellation of debt. So I called Visa, MasterCard. <laughs> they, they didn't go for it. <laughs> and so I prayed a little bit more and realized that God is saying, no, what I want you to do is um, I want you to pay attention to the Lord's Prayer. I want you, I want, you know, to forgive uh, those debts of, of, of people that, you know, maybe they've hurt you, they've wounded you. There's been people that you've hurt or you've wounded. I want you to, to ask for forgiveness of that. So Janice, I said, I made just a big, long list of 50 years of, of issues in our life. And we said, okay, God, we're going to go through name by name. And so, it, you know, I mean, it was just, and God kept reminding us of things. That's enough, God, back off. <laughs> And God kept showing things. And it's one of those places that victory comes in your life. And the victory comes in your life when you begin to do what Daniel did. And that is to, to ask for forgiveness. God, I and thy people, God, we've sinned. God, we've sinned. And so I just want to encourage you of keeping those short accounts the way that Daniel did. And we look at Daniel. He was, he was a man of God. Oh, wow. What an incredible man of God for God to send the messenger and to say to him, Oh, you highly esteemed of the Lord. God, I would give anything to have God say that about me. You know, I think, you know, God's message to me was, Larry, I'm still tolerating you, you know. <laughs> um, but you highly esteemed of the Lord. Daniel had the right to, to be bitter. He had the right, the God-given right, to be, to be cynical because here is a young, powerful man who is not living in his home. He's, he probably wasn't taken captive. He was probably born in captivity. But he was still a man that hung on to, to the word of truth and, and embraced the power of God. And he, 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 he didn't say, well, God, you owe me. But instead, he said, God, what I want to do is I, I want to ask for the forgiveness of me and, and my people. We have sinned. You, we're here in captivity because we sinned. We didn't obey your laws. You, you brought us from Egypt into the promised land. And you said, if you will do these few things, 
They're not too hard. They're not too demanding. If you would just keep me as, as the God of your life and not bring in foreign gods. If you, if you will do that, if you will take this land that I'm giving you and if you will allow it to, to, to have its, 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 its Sabbath of every seven years, give it a year's break. Let the land rest every seven years. If every 50 years that you will cancel these debts then I am going to bless you and you're going to live in prosperity. You're going to live in peace. You're going to have a great place to, 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 to raise your children in peace and safety and prosperity. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Peace and safe and prosperity is God's way. I'm not saying that in this world you won't have tribulations because we know that you will. But even in tribulations... When you're going through difficult times and tough times, God's going to be there with you to to make sure that all the loose ends are tied up. But they, they, they didn't do that. They didn't pay attention. And the children of Israel rebelled against God. They didn't give their land that 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 Sabbath, that that one year that year's break. They 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 wore the land out. They didn't honor God the way they were supposed to. And so something happened that was um, a tough one. And Daniel was, being the, the man of God, that he was reading the prophecies, the prophecies that you and I can read today. And in, in Jeremiah, in chapter 25 and verse 11, Daniel was reading this. And he says, this whole country will be, this is, this is the, the prophecy of, of Jeremiah. This, this whole country will become a desolate wasteland and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. For 70 years. Okay? But when the 70 years are fulfilled, I will punish king of Babylon and his nation and the lands of the Babylonians for their guilt, declares the Lord, and I will make it desolate forever. Wait a minute, God used them to punish the Israelites because they turned their back on God? Yeah, he did. And then he went and, and then he took care of business. Afterwards, they served, their, they served their season and now then something was going to take place. It's kind of interesting that... that um, when you look at the calendar, and the Bible says these things are written so that you may believe. Last week, Pastor Josh said that, uh, you know, in our culture, we say the devil's in the details. He says, well, God's in the details. The book of Daniel is one of those places where God is really in the details. There's a lot of 70s and 7 times 70s and 7-11s and stop and goes and stuff like that. But... Um, but um, but the, the seven, the seventies, God breaks these numbers down and he tells the children of Israel that the number that they did not give the land, their seven years rest, the, the time that they were in captivity was equal to the, the, the amount of years that they were in captivity. The 70 years they were in captivity is equal to that 400 and I believe it's 485 years when they did not give the land their rest. I'm not going to take a lot of time to get into it today, but if you really want to do a really, really fascinating study on, on God being in the details, you could get into this. Chuck Smith has done an incredible job with it, even coming down to the exact date that, that Jesus, taking the time that Darius made a, made a declaration that Jesus 
rides the donkey in, in, into, into Jerusalem uh, on, on uh, April the, the, the 15th. I think it's the 15th. The exact date, the exact date that Jesus tells the disciples, go get the donkey. I'm going to ride it over here and they were going to begin to praise me. The exact date that the, the, that the temple was going to, to fall and there would be no stone left on top of another because the, the Romans were going to burn it down and there was a lot of gold that, that flowed in between the stones. The Roman soldiers says, there's gold in them, there, uh, in them there stones and so let's take our swords and our spears and let's prime apart and get the gold out of there. Fulfilling the words of Jesus Christ. No stone. But Daniel says in chapter 9, in verse 3, he says, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petitions and fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Daniel was a good guy, but he is taking on this thing of prayer. And he says, God, we have sinned. He didn't say, God, you know, those, those, those knotheads out there, they've all sinned. I don't know what's, what's wrong with them. Um, but he says, God, we moved away from the blessing. He doesn't blame God at all. He doesn't say, God, you're all powerful. Why did you let this happen? You could have stepped in and you could have stopped it. But in chapter 9 and verse 17, it says, Now, our God, hear the prayers and the petitions of your servant. He understood the power of his prayer. God, I'm going to pray, and God, I want you to hear my prayer. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Folks, it's all about God's mercy. Even as great of a guy as, as Daniel was, it, was, it wasn't, God, I'm pretty good here, and you, you owe me one. God, pay my tithes every, every, every Sunday, God. You owe me one. God, pray three times a day, God. You, you owe me one. No, it's God, your, your great mercy. It's all about your mercy, God. And this is the thing that made Daniel that strong, powerful man of prayer. He says, and while I, he says, while I was speaking, and while I was confessing my sins and the sins of, of, of my whole nation and everyone that was there, he said, something happened. Gabriel shows up. He talks about Gabriel earlier in, in chapter 8 and verse 16. Gabriel is one of the, the chief angels uh, we believe that there are three chief angels or three archangels uh, in the hierarchy of angels. There's, there's, you know, just on down the line. I don't want to get into angelology today, but uh, we're, not, we're not to worship angels, but I want you to know they are real. Uh, I had a couple of encounters with them myself. Um, and, um, and the sad part about it was that I didn't know it until it was over with. <laughs> what a knothead. Uh, <laughs> but... But these archangels, this one of Gabriel. Gabriel is the one that also appears. We see him, this is the first time we see him in the Old Testament. 
But Gabriel appeared to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, and said, Hey, hey, Zach, guess what? Your wife's going to have a baby. And he says, No, she's not. <laughs> she, she, she's long past those years, guy. You've got to understand, you know. And he says, I, I told you that she's going to have a baby. So, and that's the facts, Jack. And, uh, and you're not going to talk anymore until the baby comes. So there you go. Gabriel appears to, to, to Mary, and he says, Mary, you're going to have a baby. She says, no, I'm not. I'm a virgin. I can't. And he says, Mary, I said, you're going to have a baby. And the words come. The words come. With God, all things are possible. And we see Gabriel again every year here at our living nativity. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gabriel has this message, and he says he says something he says something to to uh, to Daniel, and it's in chapter uh, nine, verse twenty three. He says, "As soon as you begin to pray, an answer was given." Now, hang on to that phrase because you're going to hear it again in a couple of seconds. Daniel, as soon as you started praying, God heard and God answered. An answer was given. And I'm here now to, to pass on some information to you. And this is where he goes through all these sevens and seven times seventies and a whole bunch of stuff that, that honestly, with, with the names and the dates of, that are documented when Daniel writes in the first year of Darius, or Darius depends on who you had for Old Testament class, um, but uh, on the first year, which we know historically was 538 B.C. And a little later on, in 445, we have Artaxerxes sending Nehemiah back to Jerusalem to build. And all these dates are culminating together to, to make preparation for the day that, that Jesus... And there's some situations you have to understand the, 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 uh, the, the Babylonian calendar and the Julian calendar. And you, you, you mesh them together in the right way. You come up with, with 178,888 days at the time of April the 6th in 32 A.D. when Jesus rides as the Messiah, like Gabriel said, was going to happen. He rides into Jerusalem. The crowds are praising him. This is the anointed one. Gabriel goes ahead and he gives them, that, but it's not going to really stick the way that it needs to. And because of that, some other things are going to happen. But the most important thing we understand is simply this, that God's word has details. And when God answers your prayers, he wants to be t detailed about it also. God doesn't throw out blanket answers, oh, just go do something. But God is on your side to have a powerful prayer life, you have to believe that God is on your side, that he is for you and not against you. He is there with you, even through the difficult times and the hard times, even though you may feel like you're in captivity, that God himself is there with you. I'm not going to take a lot of time of getting into the, the, la the latter part of, of, of uh, the, the prophecies that are taking place there. Pastor Josh will talk about end-time prophecies a little later on. But in chapter 10, we have Daniel again. 
and he is by the river Tigris, and he is there, he's there praying, and, and all of a sudden, another being shows up, another angelic being shows up. Um, it might be the same guy. It, it might be Gabriel. I don't know. It doesn't say that it is. And by this time, you'd think that they would be good friends. You know, he would show up and Dan would say, Hey, Gabe, how you doing? These things, you know. But instead, he has this different... Th- Some people say it might have been Jesus Christ himself. I have my doubts about that for a reason. Um, but whoever it was, he shows up and he, and he makes... In chapter 10... Um, of of uh, of Daniel uh, in verse twelve, he says um, he says from the first day you started praying, I was sent with the answer. The first day you started praying, he says, but the prince of Persia withheld me for twenty one days. Now, who is the prince of Persia? And just for the sake of, of not going till four o'clock this afternoon, um, just uh, uh, you can you can do some digging. But but in this case, the, the Prince of Persia is not the physical Prince of Persia uh, that the Disney movie was made about a while back. Uh, the Prince of Persia here is, is, is Satan, is Lucifer, is the, the fallen one. So I said before, there are, I believe, three angelic um, uh, archangels or three of the, the higher uh, messengers, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. All three of them created by God. They are not gods. They are, cre- they are created beings just like you and I are. They, uh, they do have a free will. The Bible says that that Lucifer, who was called the, it's called the morning star. And as he was in the presence of God in, in, in Ezekiel and in, in Isaiah, there's some passages that deals with, with Satan or Lucifer at that time. It, the Bible seems to imply, to draw some pictures, you put some word pictures together, that Lucifer was that angelic being that was the clearinghouse of all the praise and worship that came from God's creation, that it would come through him and he would magnify it. It was almost like it was a, a like, like cavern. He talks about caverns inside of him, like, like pipes or a pipe organ that would magnify the praise of, of all the things of, of creation. Jesus said when he was riding the donkey into Jerusalem, he said, you know, the, the Pharisees could stop him. And he says, if I stop them, even the rocks are going to cry out and to praise me. Folks, they, they do, they do. God's creation praises him all the time. If you haven't, now, now, first of all, get this quick, not doing it. We're not pantheists. We don't worship creation. But I worship the guy that made it. And I'll tell you what, he did a really, really good job. He did. Have you seen his eagles? <laughs> Have you seen his, his lions on the savannah? Have you seen his elephants? He did a really, really good job. And they, they, you know, they may be under curse right now, but if they praise him, and they're going to be praising him more and more as time comes along. But Lucifer, in that place of his fallen nature, it says that, that deceit was found in his heart, that greed was found in his heart. And he says to himself, five, five, I wills. But the main thing was, I will become like the Most High. And he became that enemy of God that chose God off. And so if you will allow that the prince of Persia withholds the answers to God's prayer. 
Satan stops God's prayers from coming. But this being says, this angelic being says to Daniel, because you kept praying, God sent Michael, the warring angel, to, with, to do battle against him, to free me up, to come with the answer. There's sometimes, folks, it's not time to quit praying. It's time to pray more and more and more. It's time to start fasting. It's time to, to, to start seeking God's face when it's a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe because the answer was on its way and has been held up by God's enemy. And so what I want you to understand is that, yes, there, there's going to be times that, these, that governments are going to be in the way. And I want to just, just quickly talk about this issue of, of, of earthly powers. At this place, the Prince of Persia is a symbol of the power behind all earthly thrones, all earthly governments. And uh, when Jesus was being tested in the wilderness, in Matthew in chapter 4, verse 19, Satan says to Jesus, all kingdoms of this earth belong to me. They are mine, and I give them to whomever I will. Now, one of the things you have to understand, you know, yes, his name is, his name is Lucifer, his name is Satan, his name is the deceiver, his name is the destroyer. Another one of his names is the father of all lies. <laughs> and here he's lying. He's lying. Yes, to a certain degree, there's a little bit of truth there. Adam and Eve gave some authority of the earth over, to, over to, to Satan in the garden. But he doesn't have all of the power. God puts places, governments in, in place. In, in Romans, in chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, it says, All government is from God. He allows them to happen. Even the bad ones. We saw God say, yeah, I'm going to send the Babylonians... These ungodly, unjust people, I'm going to send them and they're going to do my work to get your attention back to focus on me. Uh, so, so all government comes from God. Number two is that God uses even sinful governments to do his will. He will use them and when he's done with them, snap, it's over with. Number three is that we are to pray for those in authority over us. That's in 1 Timothy in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I don't care if you like President Trump or not. The Word of God tells you to pray for him. I personally, my own personal side, I really had a difficult time with, 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 with President Obama. He, but he was my president. I had a really difficult time when he was compromising Jerusalem and compromising Israel. But he was my president, and I was told by the word of God to pray for him. I also want to encourage you to do something, and that's to not sit in the seat of the scornful. By that, watch what you are watching on late night television of comedians that are that are have personally chosen off to destroy the man that God has placed in government. Be careful of sitting in the seat of the scornful. Be careful of what you think, that the, the, the cynicalness, the, the, the harshness, and the, 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 the scoffing. Be, be very, very careful allowing those things into your being. You know what? They may even be right. But they do not belong in the child of God. 
They have no room for persons saved by God's grace. And so, like everything else, Satan tells a lie to Jesus. It's a partial truth. But what he forgot to tell Jesus is that all human government someday will come to an end and Jesus will reign. In Isaiah, one of the passages that we lean on so strong in the living nativity is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 67, and the increase of his government, there will be no end. Jesus will reign. And so, and I, in, in Ephesians in chapter 6, if you don't have this underlined in your Bible, uh, you go home and do it. You can't eat again until you do that. Uh, in Ephesians in chapter 6, 12 and 13, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against powers and principalities that are, that are out there. And so, this messenger from God was, was wrestling with the prince of Persia. Daniel fasted and prayed for 21 days. The answer comes. From the first day, he started praying, God sent the answer. It's important for us to realize that God has sent your answer. Your answer is on the way. Keep praying. Keep seeking the face of God. Keep trusting God. Because the enemy of God will deceive you. He will tell you that God doesn't love you. He will tell you that God doesn't care. How could a good God do bad things? But when you understand who God is, that God is on your side and he is for you, not against you, you will come out as a winner. You will be there and you will see God's blessings in your life, knowing that God is there. I'm going to ask the worship band to come up to the front and, and the, uh, the ushers, if you'd come too. One of the important things to, in prayer is knowing who God is. God allowed the children of Israel to, to go through some times in the wilderness and even when they were in the promised land to go through some difficult times and he revealed himself to him, to the, to the children of Israel. We see God revealing himself as, and these are beautiful studies, but we see God revealing himself as Jehovah Jireh. God, your provider, I'll provide for you. We see him revealing himself as Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God that heals you. We see him as revealing himself as Jehovah Nessi. I'm your banner. I'm the rallying point. I'm the thing you can all gather around, and I'm, I'm worth it. If you'll all gather around me, you're all going to be a bunch of winners. You're not going to be losers. You're going to be just a, just a bunch of winners hanging out together. You're gonna, I'm, I'm God. I'm, I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm the, I'm the God of peace. I'll give you peace. I'm Jehovah Raha. I'm, I'm your shepherd. And I'll, I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And I'm El Shaddai. I'm God and I'm all powerful. I have all the power that's ever existed and will ever exist. And this is the God that you serve. And when it comes time to make those decisions to move ahead, to step out by faith, it may be a little uncomfortable from time to time. But as you move out, I just want to give you just a little quick little thought of, again, from one of, one of, my, one of, my, from one of my favorite authors of, of, of uh, Joyce Meyer. But she says, you know, you may not know how, to, how your finances are going to work out, but you feel that God's telling you to give a certain amount to a hurting family in your neighborhood. Or you may not 
know for sure if you will ever uh, be into full-time ministry, but you feel God's calling you to lead a Bible study in your church or in your home. You may not know how your marriage will ever get healed, but you feel God is telling you to apologize to your spouse instead of demanding that they apologize to you. You may not know how you could ever change your diet. That Joyce is writing this. I'm not saying this. Joyce is writing this. You may not know how you could ever change your diet completely, but you can resist that sweets at night. That was Joyce, okay. Um, you may not know how you can ever fully forgive a person who hurts you so badly, but you feel that God is calling you to begin to pray for them today. This God that we serve, oh, wow, what a God. And we get to spend eternity with this creative being that is going to lavish on us his love and his creative spirit. We are going to rule and reign with Christ because in hell that was not created for humans. But God will never force anybody to be with him for eternity that doesn't want to be. There will be no music in hell because music is creative and God will not be in hell. God is creative. There will be no art. There will be no sculptures in hell because our creative God will not be there to allow it to happen. There will be no love in hell. There, there, there will be, there will be, no, there will be no, no music. There will be no songs that will be sung. It will be void of of any sound at all. Hell will be absent of knowledge because God is omniscient. He has all knowledge. Those that have prided themselves in the knowledge of the world will be totally blocked off from anything. And you and I walk in the supreme creator's Knowledge and love and creativity. I said, what a great choice we made. Oh, wow. If you don't know him yet, don't leave here today without getting to know Jesus Christ, who rode triumphantly, who conquered sin and death. And says, here, do you want it? It's yours free. Father in heaven, I thank you for your blessings today. And I thank you for this group of people that believe in this message and that are here today to hear. Bless them today in their finances as they invite you to come in and to be the God of this part of their life as well by putting the mark of their, their finances on, you, on, on their money by, by tithing to you and giving to you. And blessed be the name of the Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.